0: Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is believe. It's been a long four years, boys. It's been a it's been a long and arduous World Cup qualifying, but. On the second to last game of World Cup qualifying, I think it all came together for the United States just in time for us to, can we say qualify? Are we allowed to say qualify? I feel like we should be allowed to say qualify because it's going to take just like an utter world famous collapse, the likes of which no one has ever seen in order for the U.S. not to qualify against Costa Rica. What an incredible game. I think we saw some things that I'm really excited to talk about. I got some big takeaways. I was at the game. I met a lot of you there. Uh, it, it was a fantastic two-day experience. I'm excited to talk about it. We're going to get into all that and more on this episode of the Yank Report. What's up? My name is Sam. This is the Yank Report, the show where we talk about the U.S. men's national team. And today we are talking about qualifying, about beating the hell out of Panama in Orlando 5-1. to one. And if you're into that, If you want to follow this US Men's National Team on the road to Qatar, which we're going to be at... Make sure you hit the subscribe button, hit the like button. Now let's get into it. But before that, before that, we got a sponsor. So let's get into the sponsor. And then right after that, we'll get into qualifying. Football might be over, but MLS is coming back and Champions League and European soccer are in full swing. From all the latest odds, totals, player performance props to where the next fired coach is going to land, BetOnline is the number one spot for all your sports betting needs. Head over to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive 50% off your welcome bonus on your first deposit. It. Just use promo code BELIEVE to get started. And it's not just basketball. Bet Online is your source for hockey, boxing, and UFC odds, right to the Olympic coverage, from sports right down to your favorite Vegas casino games. Bet Online is your number one online wagering destination. Bet Online, the fastest and easiest way to wager on all your favorite sports and play all your favorite games. Bet Online, where the game starts. So we're going to get into uh, how it happened. I took a bunch of notes, I went back and rewatched, but I think there's two big Big picture things that I think are important right off top. Some big takeaways. And the first one is that soccer doesn't always have to be so hard, man. And throughout World Cup qualifying, it has been so damn difficult. It feels like... Throughout World Cup qualifying, the U.S. has just been half a step short here. Missed some composure in a decisive moment there. Missed a tackle, missed whatever, missed a finish. You know, it's always been, you know, this is the XG, but this is what actually happened. But you can see by the XG that we actually, you know, played well. But that's not how it always goes in soccer. So many times, a team just... Things just go well, you know the first shot goes in, the first cross connects, and things kind of just fall into place and that 's what we had here in this game against panama and I feel like we were owed that after so many times throughout World Cup qualifying after that El Salvador game uh in the first game of World Cup qualifying where Miles Robinson missed a header, and you know we were just here there we we missed winning by a couple of inches you know a- after gosh, you could think of so many chances that could have gone in and didn't after that that uh, El Salvador game recently where we had all those opportunities, just didn't put them away. There's been so many games like that throughout World Cup qualifying where, you know, if things just would have broke for us here or there, we would have been in a much better situation. It's been so damn difficult throughout World Cup qualifying. We have been fighting uphill, but but in the game against Panama, I want to say tonight, it was actually last night, but I don't know when you're watching this, in the game against Panama, things just fell for us. Things just fell for us. And I think... A lot of it happened because of my point number two. And I think throughout World Cup qualifying, one of the things we've been talking about as a major issue for this team has been the performance of Christian Pulisic. I think he's been supposed to be the star boy throughout World Cup qualifying, and he just hasn't quite lived up to that. Well, in the game against Panama... He lived up to that. He gets the hat trick. He, he comes up big in those two penalties whenever we absolutely needed them because the whole fan base was just had so much anxiety and so much anticipation and just to have Christian step up in that moment and put it away. His goal in open play was one of the best goals of his new U.S. men's national team career at this point. And, and just throughout the game, his play, uh, he was the best player on the field for the U.S., he showed that he is Captain America. He put it all together. He really, he really lived up to the hype in that game. And, and you just saw how much better this team functions, how many things it covers up whenever Christian Pulisic is playing, like the Christian Pulisic that we expect him to play like. And whenever he's doing that, it just covers over so many sins for the U.S. men's national team. It makes, like I said in, in the first point, everything so much easier. Now, let's actually get into the game because there's a bunch of really, really good moments from this game. I'm not going to cover all of them because there was five freaking goals and just a lot of great moments. Uh, So I'll I'll, I'll pretty much cover the big ones. And I I think the first thing that I saw that really stood out to me was, you know, verticality has become a meme that's been a big thing under Greg Berhalter. Uh, But one of the things we've been criticizing Christian Pulisic about is he's been dropping in too much. He's he's not been getting forward and he's not been using his pace and and his one-on-one ability to create problems. And this game... We saw a different Christian Pulisic, and we saw it very early. One of the first uh, attacking moments that we had was, uh, was was Pulisic looking to get in behind. I, I think there was a ball where it went up to Jesus Ferreira. Uh, and, and by the way, we'll get into Jesus Ferreira later. I'm very excited to talk about Jesus Ferreira. Jesus Ferreira had a really nice uh, hold-up play. I think he got it back to Eunice Moussa, who put a ball in over the top for Christian Pulisic to go chase down. He wasn't able to get this one, but it showed that intent. It showed that run in behind. Behind. It showed that verticality. Uh, it, it put that. It, it put one of Christian Pulisic's best assets and, and one of the best assets for the U.S. in general. That quick transition game and the speed of our players. Um, it, it put it up against the Panamanian defense, and it was just a sign of things to come. You know, I, I I've said this a bunch of times, and I think it was very uh, clear in this game that one of the best assets that this U.S. men's national team has is the transition game is our ability to press is our ability to create turnovers and then our ability to get up the field and, and, and put the opposition under pressure. And so many games throughout World Cup qualifying, we haven't really been able to utilize that because teams have been sitting back against this. And we saw that we really struggled to break down low blocks. Uh, but in the game against Mexico and then once again again tonight the the teams came at us they got stretched and when they did we were able to make them pay and it's just a very exciting thing it's a it's a sign of things to come I think for the national team and, and a sign of a, a glimpse of how we might play in the World Cup um, whenever teams get stretched whenever there's a lot of transition moments, uh, the U.S. is going to do very well. Another thing that I think I always harp on is uh, is Tyler Adams and his ability to shut down plays before they even happen. Uh, and Tyler did that a few times in this game. I, I think you guys know by now that I'm never going to say Tyler Adams has a bad game because you know I tend to always look at the defensive side of the ball anyway. Um, I that's that's sort of where my brain goes, and I, I know that makes me differ from a lot of people. I know a lot of people look at like what players do on the ball to determine whether they had a good game or not, but I usually think I, I usually think in, for, in terms of defense and I think in terms of um, how are they fitting within the system and how are they complementing the players around them? Uh, how do they impact the game that way? That's usually where my brain goes first. Uh, and, and as far as Tyler Adams, he's just so damn consistent at the defensive side of things and and at being so positionally sound and holding his teammates responsible for being positionally sound that he just always has a good game for me. And, and there was a few moments where, where we saw this. Uh, I think in the, in the 36th minute, Luca De La Torre had a nice run and he plays a ball in behind for Anthony Robinson who gets forward. He gets dispossessed on this play and Panama immediately puts the ball exactly where Anthony Robinson would have been had he not attacked. And it was a transition moment for Panama. It was an opportunity for them to counter us. But who was there? Who, who covered for Anthony Robinson? Tyler Adams. And this was just like that quintessential, there's an opportunity for a break, but Tyler Adams is there. He stands up the the, the attacker. And, and in this particular play, actually gets the ball back from him. He st- stood him up long enough to where our defense could get back and, and we were able to recover possession. And that that's just one of those moments where, you know, the U.S. could potentially be vulnerable for a counterattack there. Uh, we had a lot of numbers forward. And Tyler Adams is just, just shuts that down before it even starts. Uh, and, and that's what he brings to the team, man. Aside from that, his, his leadership, and you can see it, you know, whenever you're actually at the game, you can see how impactful he is, how often he's talking to Greg Berhalter, how often he's bringing instructions to the other players, how often he's filling in whenever other people are attacking. He's just, he, I mean, he never stops. He is always considering what's the best move for the team in that moment and he's so decisive whenever he does it and he's just defensively he's so phenomenal and he's such a joy joy to watch now in the 12th minute Panama gets the worst case scenario I think the one thing that they would have like they 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 probably would have been preaching throughout is just like you can't give up a goal early you can't give up a goal early against this US men's national team and you know I said in the first point. It doesn't have always, a soccer game doesn't always have to be hard. Sometimes things just come to you. And in the 12th minute, you know, a good thing came to the U.S. in, in the form of Annabelle Godoy. And Annabelle Godoy is the captain of Panama. You know, we talked about Panama as having a, a big transitional year. A lot of their players retired after the 2018 World Cup. Annabelle Godoy was one of those holdovers. He's a player with a ton of experience. Uh, I believe he's been through World Cup qualifying before. You would think that in a moment like this, where Panama really needs their captain, he would have a lot. Lot of poise, but on the night he did not. And in the 12th minute, uh, he grabbed Zimmerman by the throat on a free kick. Um, and that ended up being a, a VAR review that ended up being a penalty. And the penalty was tremendous throughout the night. We saw uh, Jesus Ferreira grabbed the ball for the penalty, and he just uh, uh, absorbed all the abuse from the Panamanian players, all the conca all of that stuff. And once they got it all out, once the ref cleared everybody and was ready for the kick, Christian Pulisic just strolled up, cool as you like, put the ball on the spot, put it away, and went off to do whatever playing celebration he had for that particular goal in that particular moment. And in this one, he, you know, Christian puts it away. It's, it's, it's an early goal for the U.S., something that we just haven't gotten a ton of throughout World Cup qualifying. I mean, spirits were so high. It was such a, a just tension release within the stadium. The stadium went absolutely nuts. The, the funny thing is... The stadium, whenever Jesus Ferreira had the ball at the penalty spot, the stadium was kind of like, is Jesus really going to take this? What's going on? Like There was a lot of apprehension within the stadium. And whenever Christian Pulisic strolled up and grabbed the ball from Ferreira, the crowd went crazy. It was as if Pulisic already scored before he even like put the ball down on the spot. The crowd was so confident that Pulisic was going to put it away, and sure enough, that's exactly what he does. Now this game wasn't all sunshine and butterflies for the U.S. There was a moment in the 19th minute that was concerning because it's something it's like a trend it's something that we see in a lot of Uh, a Robinson turnover leads to absolute chaos in the U.S. box Quintero has a cross that Stefan goes for but he missed it uh, which leads to Stefan laying on the ground as Panama just they have an opportunity at a wide open goal but the uh, attacker uh, hits a shot that goes wide left and eventually it's cleared by the U.S. and it's just another one of these moments that we've seen from Zach Steffen where it seems like at least once a game, and there was another one later on in the game for Zach Steffen, that he just has a nervy moment. A moment that's just like, I, you wonder what he was thinking in that particular moment. And, and it was... Uh, that was one where Panama could have easily equalized right there, just easily, and it was just because what was happening from our keeper. Now, I've sort of been on the team, Zach Steffen, for a, a, a few cycles, a few windows now, because I appreciate the leadership that he brings, uh, and he seems to be a, a big leader within the locker room, and everybody has their faith in him, uh, but... This is something that we've seen multiple times from Zach Steffen in a U.S. Men's National Team jersey, and it's also something that we've seen from Zach Steffen in a Man City jersey. I think a lot of it has to do with the fact that he doesn't play all that much, and that's a big concern with Zach Steffen because it doesn't look like he's going to be playing that much through the World Cup, and if he's our number one guy, you know, and he's making mistakes like that at at, at a World Cup level where we're potentially playing a top 10 team you know that's that's scary. That's going to get put away by by the best teams in the world. Uh, so it's definitely a concern moving forward. One of the few moments of uh, of concern in an otherwise just absolute joyous night. In the twenty second minute, we get our second goal sequence, and this is so much like that earlier moment before where I talked about Polišic getting in behind. And boy, I mean, how many games did we talk about where Polišic was just coming back? He was. He was just not being effective. He was just not really working in the system well. He was not using his best assets. Uh, he was not getting in positions to threaten the defense. And he uh, he was, you know, holding on to the ball too long, just making poor decisions. Not against Panama in the twenty second minute, Zimmerman. Uh, plays it over the top to a streaking Polisic. I know during the game they were actually showing Greg Berhalter during this moment, uh, but it was actually Walker Zimmerman who played in that long ball over the top to Christian Polisic. Uh, uh wins the ball near the end line, and he plays it back to uh, Anthony Robinson, Anthony Robinson finds probably the shortest player on the field, five foot six, Paul Ariola who whose header finds the side netting and you know the team celebrates as Christian Pulisic is still lying in a heap uh, from the foul that he took uh, getting that pass off to Anthony Robinson. another moment where you know Anthony Robinson has putting in, been putting in great service throughout World Cup qualifying. Uh, he, he's really been an asset in that regard and so many times good balls have gone into the box and either the headers have been good but right at the keeper or you know just not quite on target or somebody's not quite there in this game everything just fell for us to the point. That probably the shortest man on the field was able to find this ball and play in just the absolute perfect header. I mean, a header that the keeper could just do absolutely nothing about. And and, and it's two nothing U.S. and and like I said before, sometimes the game just it's it it just happens, man. And and it happens a lot for a lot of teams. It's it's usually not that hard, but throughout World Cup qualifying, it's been so damn hard for the U.S. For whatever reason, we deserve this moment. It's 2-0 U.S. Not long after Ariola's goal, we get n- another goal for the U.S. in the 26th minute. And this was a goal started by another sequence where the U.S. is getting in behind. They're getting vertical. They're they're hitting Panama in transition. And, and it's two players uh, that combined a lot on the night. It was uh, Paul Areola and Jesus Ferreira who kind of kicked it off. Uh, Paul Ariola plays a ball in behind to Ferreira, who's making a run, I believe, into the channel. Uh, Jesus Ferreira, a player that so many people have criticized for being, you know, just a false nine type striker. Here he is making a run in behind uh, the defense, a very much a striker run. Uh, after about a dozen passes, Luca Della Torre kind of creeps into this really nice playmaker area, uh, a, a really nice hole in the defense He gets the ball, he finds an overlapping Shaq Moore, and he plays it right into his path. Shaq Moore cuts it back to Areola. Areola has a shot, and you know, because it's just that type of night, uh, the shots deflected. I think it deflects off the defender and back off of Areola, and just rolls so nice and sweetly into the path of Jesus Ferreira, who puts it away 3-0 U.S., so many wonderful things on this play. I mean, Jesus Ferreira's initial run to get in behind and, and Paul Ariel's ball were, were fantastic. And Jesus was able to hold that up. Um, something that it's it's so nice seeing quality number nine play for the U.S. men's National Team, something we've been searching for for a long time. And then the U.S. is able to pass it all around. I mean, everybody gets in on the sequence. Shaq Moore is touching the ball a lot. Eunice Moses is touching the ball a lot. But ultimately, it, find, it finds Luca De La Torre. Now, I, I know the last game we talked a lot about Luca De La Torre was that Honduras game where Honduras was just uh, looked like paid actors out there on the field and Luca De La Torre was able to run all over them. The big question was how does Luca De La Torre do in a game where uh, it, there's more on the line, it's more physical, it's faster? Is he going to be able to hold up in Greg's system and press all over the place and defend? That was my big concern. Is he going to be able to defend? And I think those questions were answered. Luca De La Torre can absolutely defend in Greg Berhalter's system. I think we found our third eight. I, I think if, if the MMA midfield is not able to go, if McKinney or Musa are not a, available, I mean, Luca De La Torre is a fantastic replacement and he was responsible for a lot of nice moments in this game. And this was absolutely one of them. And if you're one of those fans out there who are questioning why wasn't Luca De La Torre around earlier in World Cup qualifying, and you know, as a team that was so struggling to break down low blocks, could Luca De La Torre have helped the U.S. men's national team? I think that is a very, very fair question to ask and and something that I myself have been wondering about uh, since that game. He was so influential. Uh, but ultimately, it leads to that moment where Paul Areola has that shot that kind of cr- creams off of him and goes right into the path of Jesus Ferreira. Important to note, Our number nine, Jesus Ferreira, is in a number nine position right there. He is absolutely where he needs to be on the field. This is the reason why I'm so excited about Jesus Ferreira. We know what he can do on the ball. We know what he can do as a playmaker, Um, but it's the other parts of his game that are so unheralded that I, I get really excited about. His intelligent runs, either to create space for others or to run in behind, it's his hold up play, which was on display a few times on the night, and it's... The ability to put himself in positions to score goals, which is the big thing whenever it comes to being a striker. I, I think whenever I look at Josh Sargent right now at Norwich, or even whenever he's played on the U.S. Men's National Team, he does a lot of those same things. His hold-up play is pretty good. His defensive effort is absolutely tremendous. But the thing about Sargent is he just is not able in the final third to put himself in goal-dangerous positions. Jesus Ferreira puts himself in goal-dangerous positions on a regular basis, he's going to do it again later on on the night and not be as lucky with the finish. In this particular moment, he's able to put that away. It's it's the poise that we've been looking for from the number nine position, uh, so much for the national team. Now, I I am a believer in the idea that you know all strikers miss shots. That you know the striker missing a shot should not be something that we all freak out about. The thing we should freak out about is if a striker is not putting himself in dangerous positions on a regular basis. So I it, the fact that he. He makes the, the the that he makes the finish makes it that much sweeter. But to me, him being in that dangerous position and just constantly being in threatening positions is why I'm so high on Jesus Ferreira. In the 28th minute, we get another nervy moment from Zach Stefan, and this one, I mean, there was a really hopeful Panamanian cross to the back post. Stefan goes up to catch it, but it like slips right out of his hands. Uh Stefan hits the ground hard and stays down for a while. But it's another ner- nervy moment for Zach Stefan, the second on the night, and. It's something we should be thinking about, at least. So after that third goal, the U.S. really took their foot off the gas, and they, they allowed Panama to have a lot of the possession. They, they were kind of moving in slow motion a little bit. Uh, but in the 45th minute, we get another goal sequence, and it starts with Christian Pulisic uh, once again getting the ball in a dangerous position, and once again on the left flank. He's one-on-one with Karaskia of uh, Houston Dynamo, number eight for Panama, who is probably my favorite Panamanian player on the night. Just really good game from him. He's a player that uh, I'm going to look forward to watching in MLS and and I think is going to be a big part of Panama's future uh, into the next qualifi- qualifying cycle in 2026. But anyway, uh, so Polistic puts it by him and Karaskia, uh takes him down. That creates a free kick. And on the ensuing free kick... Our boy, uh, Anibal Godoy just slaps and elbows uh, Miles Robinson in the neck and in the face. Uh, another penalty for the U.S. This one does not go to VAR. This one gets called right on the field. Stu Holden said it was kind of weak, and maybe you get away with that if you didn't just do that a few minutes ago earlier in the game. But at that point, I think the ref was looking out for it. And Godoy just really lost the plot in this game, uh, setting up two penalties for the U.S., once again, just like before, Ferreira gets the ball, uh, uh, absorbs all the abuse uh, as the Panamanian players just try to get in his head and try to get in his space. Uh, after all that ends, Ferreira makes the handoff, Polisic steps up, puts it on the spot, 4 nothing U.S. An absolute dream start for the Americans, and we are already celebrating in the stands. I mean, everybody's going nuts. After halftime, the U.S. makes a couple of subs. Uh, Acosta and Reyna come on. Musa and Ariola come off. Uh, the second half, and immediately after the second half, it really becomes the Gio Reyna show. And we finally get to see Christian Pulisic and Gio Arena on opposite wings. And with Jesus Ferreira and Luca Torre in the game, there was just a lot of really nice sequences. A lot, a bunch of players on the field who are looking to get down the field and are capable of playing some really nice uh possession soccer and and it, we really see it with Gio Reyna's first touch of the game in the 45th minute Gio Reyna has a nice touch to Shaq Moore that opens up the entire flank to Moore just a nice crafty little ball uh for to Shaq Moore that that creates an opportunity for the US and then it's later on in the 45th 5th minute I mean we get a really nice moment. Gio Arena has a give and go with who else but Jesus Ferreira. Jesus Ferreira, your do-everything number nine for the U.S. This is a moment where Jesus dropped in into, uh, into into some space. Gio plays it to him. Jesus puts a nice little ball over the top, dinks it right into Gio's path, and he has an opportunity one-on-one with the keeper, uh, but his shot is scuffed and, and it goes wide. But you just see in that moment. You see Jesus' quality, but you really see... What Gio, who he is and what he brings to this national team. And you just think, what if this guy was healthy throughout World Cup qualifying? Would we have qualified a long time ago? And and it's hard not to think that because of the quality that that Gio has when he's on the field. What a player. In the 55th minute, Shaq Moore goes for his Serginho desk moment where he cuts onto his left foot and like everybody in the crowd around me was like you go on for the Sergio Des right here, and yeah, it, not not the hit that he was looking for. But I think it's worth saying that Shaq Moore, as a player who came in uh, off the off off the couch essentially to come in be the right back for the U.S. men's national team, a player that's essentially the fourth choice right back. Whenever you consider that uh, Sergio Des gets injured right after he gets called up, uh, uh, Reggie Cannon gets COVID in camp and is unavailable. DeAndre Yedlin gets a yellow card, and now it's down to Shaq Moore. Uh, he came in and had a really serviceable game from that right back position. I'm not saying that he's gonna, he deserves to be called up against any of the aforementioned guys, but to go from the couch to the starting lineup, I thought he had a really good game. He was involved in a lot. Um it, it just I I I'm really excited that we had the depth that somebody could be. You know, not even thinking about playing for the national team to all of a sudden thrust into a really important game and, and come through and, and, and play well and hold up his end of the bargain. In the 56th minute, we had a moment that absolutely made me jump out of my chair and shout, man, this was so nice. Gio Reyna slips in, Christian Pulisic. I, I think it started with, uh, there, there was some nice little combination play in midfield for Gio to get the ball. Uh, Jesus Ferreira is in front of Gio Reyna. Uh, he's actually on the left side of Gio Reyna, but I think he understands that Christian Pulisic is about to burst into that channel. So Jesus Ferreira, like the brilliant soccer player that he is, understands he needs to be making a run to the right, so he takes a run that takes a defender out, and Christian Pulisic makes that overlapping run. Gio Reyna splits the two defenders with a really nice ball, really nice weighted pass in behind. Now Christian Pulisic tries to play a cross into Jesus Ferreira and kind of overcooks it. Uh, Ferreira has to go down to the sideline. He eventually takes a shot that's deflected, and the chance goes wide, but just a really Really pretty sequ- sequence from the US. And just seeing Gio and Pellissett combine like that, it's just, it's got to warm your heart as a US men's national team fan. In the 60th minute, we get a moment of, of filth from uh, Gio Arena. I mean, the dude. <sighs> There's something special about this kid. Like, just the stuff that he does, the things that he tries, the attitude that he has on the field, the impact that he has on the other team, the way that he just like whispers sweet nothings into the Panamanian's ears. And I don't know what he's saying to these players. I don't know if he can speak Spanish. I know his dad was uh, half Argentinian, but I I don't know if Gio can speak Spanish or what. But whatever it is, he's conveying messages that are inciting these players, and he just kind of walks away smiling as everyone. Everybody loses their mind. Well, in the 60th minute, Gio has the ball uh, outside of the box and he slips in a ball to Luca De La Torre with a no look pass. Delatore plays in Ferreira, who, uh, whose shot goes over the bar. Um, we don't have to talk about that too much, right? No, but Gio plays this beautiful ball that slipped into De La Torre. I thought Delatore was going to shoot. He ends up scoring the ball to Ferreira, a much more high percentage shot. Uh, Ferreira's shot goes over the bar. As I said before, a striker is not going to make every shot. I'm not dwelling too much on Jesus Ferreira. You, you know, if you need a striker that's going to score every single opportunity that they get, or even put every single opportunity that they get on frame, you're going to be searching an awfully long time. Even guys like Ronaldo and Messi, got Pete players who are known for being some of the most efficient goal scorers of all time, they don't score every opportunity that they get. We shouldn't expect our strikers to do that as well. The thing we should be excited about is the striker being in that goal-scoring position, creating that space. If you saw on that play, uh, Jesus Ferreira was actually covered. He takes a step back. He creates that space for himself in order for De Torre to get the ball in. Uh, the, the finish was just not there. Luckily for the U.S., we had already scored so many goals that night that I don't think anybody even cares about this in hindsight. Uh, just something to consider. In the 65th minute, our star boy gets his hat trick. After receiving a pass from Gio, Luca De La Torre charges through the center circle at the Panama back line. He plays an outlet pass to Anthony Robinson, who gets it back to him at the top of the box. Luca De La Torre plays it out to Jedi, who crosses first time. His cross finds a pirouetting Pulisic, whose first touch allows him to turn, splitting two defenders. His second touch nutmegs a defender, putting him in on goal, and his third touch is past the keeper. I mean, moi. 5-0 U.S., the hat trick for Christian Pulisic, and this was just that moment that we have been waiting for from Christian Pulisic for, for all of World Cup qualifying, that moment where our star player is the star player, and there's nothing the defense can do about it. I mean, he just walks through two defenders like they're not there and just calmly puts it in the back of the net. What a moment. This is Christian showing off his class, Christian showing that he is one of the best players in CONCACAF, one of the most dangerous attackers in the world, and it's coming through for the U.S. Men's National Team. It's a sequence that Luca Della Torre had just about a huge hand in creating, a really nice ball from Anthony Robinson, and oh, by the way, Gio Reyna was involved in the buildup. What a moment from the U.S. Men's National Team. It's so nice to see all all these players on the field. And oh, by the way, this is a U.S. Men's National Team that's missing Weston McKinney, Serginho Des, um, Brendan Aronson, Chris Richards. Uh, So many players that could have been starters in this game uh, that missed out. Tim Weah with a yellow card suspension. So many players in the U.S. is still able to put this product on the field. It's just such an exciting game. And look, that wasn't the last moment of the game. Coast, uh, Panama ended up scoring, whatever. Other things happened. Gio Reina got into a tussle. Uh, you know, things happened. But anyway, th- those are all the important things. We've already said so much. What a night. I don't know how you can come away from watching this game being anything less than absolutely enthusiastic about this national team. There has been so many trials and tribulations throughout World Cup qualifying. So many criticisms lobbied at everybody. So many frustrating moments, and then to have it culminate in this moment where I think, I think we saw a different U.S. men's national team. I, I think, I think we saw that all the things that we were worried about at World Cup qualifying—the lack of experience of this team, the lack of cohesion, not understanding the system—you know, not being ready for Caf. We saw just a night and day difference in this game. We saw a team that was absolutely poised. We saw a team that was ready for every single moment, a conca and had a counterpunch ready to go, had an answer ready to go. We saw a bunch of players who just believed in each other, believed in the team, believed in what they were doing, knew what everybody on the field was doing. I mean, it was... Just the culmination of, of all this preparation. I think we saw a lot of players go from young players to, to COCACAV veterans in this game. And it was so beautiful watching it all come together. And as I said before, It's a team that's missing a lot of really important players. And it's just so exciting to see this as the send-off right before World Cup. Now, we know that we got the game in Costa Rica. We know that the U.S. men's national team has been struggling playing away games in CONCACAF. As we said, especially away games on poor quality pitches. Uh, That game in Azteca, I think, is a different situation than what we're going to see in Costa Rica. Uh, But once again, this is going to be a Costa Rica team that needs to beat us by, I think, six goals. So they're going to be coming right at us which is just going to play right into our hands as a transition team. Uh, If if this is the team that we're going to see heading towards the World Cup, I I think you got to be optimistic about the U.S.'s chances in the World Cup as far as advancing out of the group, potentially getting to that uh, quinto partido, that fifth game. No, as far as my experience at at the game, man, it was absolutely tremendous. A a wonderful two days for me. Uh, It started off rough. I missed my flight out of New Orleans. I had to take a flight to Houston and then to Orlando, and you know whatever. Uh, But I end up getting there. I meet up with Filippo, tactical manager. He gives me a shirt. So I'm rocking his merch, but he was an absolutely tremendous host. I mean, uh, just you guys know he's so he's, he's a super funny guy. He's really fun to be around, really warm and welcoming. Uh, I know he's putting together a blog uh, a vlog, uh, of his experience there, and I'll probably be in a lot of that vlog since I was hanging out with him for most of the uh, of the game day. Uh, and, and he was my Uber driver around town for uh for the weekend uh so look forward to that on his channel but i got to meet so many of you guys man I, I let's see uh i know jay hernandez i met at the scuffed event i met adam bells from scuffed um i met gosh i i met uh b2b soccer who's a big TikToker in the uh, u.s soccer community uh i met will at the game um I met gosh I met Becky I met who else gosh I met so many people man I met so many of you guys it was so awesome I met Arnold uh Andres and, Andres was crazy because uh whenever I went to the game in Austin he actually was sitting next to me and then whenever I get to the American Outlaws event he's with Filippo and I'm like what Andres what are you doing here this is crazy uh it's it's just a wild uh wild coincidence but man, the game was absolutely tremendous. And let me say this to you guys that, that maybe have never been to a game: uh, if you have the opportunity to go to one of these games, you got to go. I know that it's expensive. I know that the tickets are really expensive. I know you might have to pay for flights and hotels and stuff like that. But the reality is, games for the U.S. men's national team, especially important important ones like World Cup qualifiers, like we're not going to have another World Cup qualifier for another like it's it's going to be a long time, eight years, something like that. These games are few and far between. You don't get these opportunities very often. So if you have the opportunity, if you have the cash, if if you can get off of work, if you can do it, go. Because it's so incredible to to walk out and and, uh, see just so many U.S. Men's National Team jerseys, so many people who are supporting, so many people who are passionate, and talk to people who know so much about the team. It seems like every fan I talked to was an absolute expert on the U.S. Men's National Team. and you guys know that there's this this thing that we're a fan of there's just not too many people out there who are into it you know it's just so rare that you run into somebody who cares about this stuff and and to be in a situation where there's you know 20,000 people around you who are so into this this thing uh it's just such a great experience and and I I would recommend all of you be a part of it as far as the in-game experience I mean Orlando Orlando's wild, man. There were so many fireworks at that game. There was fireworks pregame. There was so many fireworks during the National Anthem. There was fireworks at kickoff. There was fireworks after every goal. And I'm sitting there like, How many fireworks do they have ready for this? There's no way. We're getting to like goal three, goal four. Like there's no way they have fireworks ready for goal five. Like sure enough. And then I'm thinking like that had to be the last of the fireworks. After the game, they just shooting fireworks left and right. They had so many fireworks. I'm sitting next to this uh, older Panamanian gentleman. uh, And I'm kind of, he speaks kind of broken English. I speak kind of broken Spanish. So we're talking back and forth. And he's just watching all this. Like what in the, where am I? What is happening right now? I actually asked him if he knew uh, Nicole Ferguson, the Panamanian reporter that I interviewed. And he's like, yeah, I know her. And uh, I showed him the video of me interviewing her. He's like, what the? And he took a selfie with me. He's like, who Who are you? Uh, that was kind of a fun moment. It was great talking to him about the Panamanian team. And just, you know, these ex- experiences that you have in the stadium, whenever uh, you're, you're you're watching your team, it's it's just such a unique thing. And, and you have to uh, be at these games to experience. So I... I I implore all of you, if you ever have the opportunity, uh, definitely, definitely seize that. Uh, it's, it's a, it's, it's a thing you're going to remember for a long time because like I said they don't come around very often so that's my review of the game I mean special thanks to Filippo from tactical manager for uh, just being a great host on the trip Uh, special thanks to his videographer Jay and Arnold who we went eat at a Brazilian buffet after the game Uh, Filippo took me to a few Brazilian restaurants while I was there so I definitely got like the full Brazilian Orlando experience Uh, thank you guys so much for watching I'm curious about your thoughts of the game what did you think about this like just historic 5-1 victory that is just so fantastic. What are your thoughts as we head towards the World Cup? What are you thinking about Costa Rica? Uh just such an exciting time to be a US men's national team fan. Uh, as always. Uh, si puede hablar español, dime un comentario en uh, español. If you want these videos in podcast form, you can check out the Yank Report podcast, available everywhere. Podcasts are podcasted. Be sure to hit the subscribe button, hit the like button. If you really want to support the channel, you can become a member. You get access to some badges and some members-only videos and some cool stuff like that. You get to see the videos before they go out to the public. Shout out to my tier two members: Chris Matassa, Manuel Alivarez, and Mike Irish. Guys, thank you so much for watching. My name is Sam, and this is the Yank Report brought to you by Bet Online. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.